Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark, and well, today I'm on my own again. Yes, it's just me. Now Stuart, it's no secret, is taking some time out from podcasting at the moment. He's not even doing his new generation wrestling podcast at the moment. He's taking complete time out from podcasting altogether. So I've taken on the decision to go solo at the moment. It's a bit of that take that moment, you know, when Robbie left, but a bit different in podcasting terms. But basically, I've come to the decision that I didn't want to delay any episodes for you guys. I've had so many offers coming through of people to speak to that would have been a dream to get to interview, and I didn't want to delay these interviews any further. The last thing I want is you guys that are listeners tuning in, getting episodes, and then waiting three or four months for the next one. So at this point, I have some really good guests for you all to listen to, and I really hope you stick around. So it really is actually just Mark and me from now on. I can't say what the future is going to hold at this point. I might decide to get another co-host. I really don't know. But as it stands, you've got me. We've got some great episodes coming up. And on today's episode, I'm really, really glad I get to speak to the incredible Lloyd Kaufman. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, who the hell is Lloyd Kaufman? He's the president of Troma Films, a company that have distributed over a thousand films. Lloyd has a career as a director in producing some of the classics within this company, such as Class of Newcomb High, Combat Shock, Troma's War, Poltergeist, Night of the Chicken Dead, and one of the most established films that came from him, which has a huge, huge following across the world, is The Toxic Avenger. I really do urge any of you that are listening to this podcast to check that film out. It's absolutely fantastic. There's a film at the moment that Troma are distributing called Essex Space Bin. And this film's actually going to be showing in London at the Prince Charles Cinema on the 18th of February. So I urge you, if you can, to go along. And he'll actually be there as well doing a Q&A, a signing, a talk. I urge you, please, go and see this guy because he absolutely blew my mind when I got to speak to him. Now, not many people realise... But James Gunn was actually the assistant of Lloyd Kaufman, which is huge. James has actually released a book as well on all of the time he spent with Lloyd, how he learnt how to direct, how to film, and has gone on record to say he learnt everything from this man. Now coming up on this interview with Lloyd, we talk all about the business. We talk about what got him into the business, how he finds it nowadays, and how he spends his spare time. We talk about the successes, the downfalls... Pretty much everything we can cover in a half an hour. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lloyd Kaufman. I hope you enjoy. Is it Mark Woodyat uh, there? It must be me, Mark Woodyat. Wow. Well, uh, what a great honor to be speaking with you. And I know that it's probably a very unearthly hour for you. It's not too bad. It's uh, 8 o'clock at night, so it's not too bad. Oh, that's a very good hour for you. I take it all back. Okay, so the first question I've got for you today is, which directors influenced you the most when you were growing up? I would suggest that um, when I was growing up, um, I was not into uh, movies. My folks were not uh, that interested. They uh, took me to see a lot of Broadway shows, so I was was, uh, mesmerized by the pulleys and curtains and uh, the magic of live theater. Rogers and Hammerstein, Rogers and Hart, Abbott and Costello, Nixon and Eisenhower, all the great vaudeville people. Then I discovered when I was at Yale University, I, uh, my roommate was uh, a movie nut and uh, he ran the Yale Film Society and I started drifting in to watch movies. But I was, by that time, my 
sad personality had already been formed. Uh, but uh, the the Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Fritz Lang, John Ford, Samuel Fuller, Jean Renoir. Uh, but I, I, getting back to me, of course, uh, the most important part of my life uh, um, is uh, the uh, great auteur filmmakers. And remember, I discovered film as an avocation in 1960s. So um, people like Scorsese and Coppola and uh, Tarantino, and uh, they weren't around in those days. So I, I, I fed off the great auteur, uh, Lenny Riefenstahl, Samuel Fuller, Joseph H. Lewis. Great names. So who was it for you? Who is the man that gave you the visual style? Who, who's the most impressive for you? Uh, well, that's uh, you're one of the first people to have ever used the words visual style and Lloyd Kaufman together in the same <laughs> sentence. Thank you for that. Uh, I think it, uh, whatever I've done, uh, Michael Hurst and I directed uh, 20 movies together, uh, so clearly, uh, and he would handle the actors, uh, and he, he probably was a big influence. Uh, uh, Stan Brakhage is a big influence. Uh, uh, Warhol... If you notice the trauma movies, we do a lot of uh, breaking the fourth wall, and nobody was better at that than Bertolt Brecht and uh, Andy Warhol. I mean, Bertolt Brecht didn't make movies, but uh, he did write some pretty goddamn good plays. And uh, Warhol was the best of all time at uh, having actors talk to the camera and all that. So uh, I think it's a, uh, a lot of movie makers, uh, and uh, I go through phases. The first Toxic Avenger... There's a lot of Preston. I mean, you may not see it, but uh, there's Chaplin and uh, City Lights and uh, Preston Sturgis and Frankenstein. And uh, then the second and third Toxic Avenger, where I think there's a lot more Buster Keaton and um, Samuel Fuller and a little bit of, uh, of uh, Peckinpah, stuff like that. I, I can't really, you know, I can't really pin it down. Uh, I, can, I remember the moment when I decided that I would... Uh, make movies and that was uh, at the Yale, Yale University Film Society was showing Ernst Lubitsch's To Be or Not To Be and uh, which is which was later of course remade by uh, Mel Brooks but the original was directed by Lubitsch and featured Jack Benny and Carol Lombard Robert Stack and so if you want to blame somebody for trauma it's uh, you can go uh, to the graves of Lubitsch Carol Lombard and uh, Jack Benny and uh, take a big piss on them. <laughs> Obviously, you're not just famous for being behind the camera. A lot of people don't know, but you're actually in the original Rocky movie. Yes. Uh, drunk or sober, I'm a narcissist. And uh, as ugly and unpleasant as I am, I love nothing better than to, than to see myself on a giant movie screen. And I managed to force my, my uh, protege, uh, James Gunn, to put me into Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and uh, there's a movie out now that uh, our fans say is actually very good. Nobody's seen it, but uh, it's called The Cell. It's a Stephen King movie, The Cell. Or, I've or seen C -E -L -L. it. C-E-L-L. It's with uh, John Cusack. How do you like it? I enjoyed it. It didn't really take off. It didn't sell many copies, and it didn't do very well at the box office. But I think that... Um... John Cusack was very strong in it. In it. Sam, was it Samuel L. Jackson's in it? Yes, he, uh, we discovered him, of course. He's in it. And, um, uh, of course, I'm in it. I have an amazing scene uh, in the airport uh, with uh, John Cusack. Uh, he'll never forget it. I know that. 
And uh, it's a, apparently a very underrated movie. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did, yeah. I love Stephen King, and I and, think it's a good one. And you made a... You made a jeu de mot, uh, Mark. You made a jeu de mot. You said the cell didn't sell well. So nice. Very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. So you just mentioned there James Gunn, obviously, for Guardians of the Galaxy, putting you in as a... Hey, James a Gunn car. is in London right now. He, he's, he's recording at Abbey, uh, Abbey Studios. He's, uh, yeah, he's remaking uh, Tromeo and Juliet at this very minute. No, no, just joking. <laughs> he's uh, recording the... Uh, He's recording the uh, music for um, the volume two of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm pretty excited for that film, to say the least. He's very excited about the recording music where the Beatles uh, did their music. Of course, for me, when you say Abbey, I, for me, it's the Abbey Players, the Irish, the greatest theatre company in the world, the Abbey Players, which is in Ireland. It's uh, not uh, uh, Abbey uh, Studios, Abbey Road is, uh, is important in my opinion, uh, secondary to the Abbey player. The Abbey at Clooney is also a very interesting story. My good friend Terry Jones of, of uh, Monty Python uh, uh, lectures on uh, the uh, Abbey uh, Clooney. Clooney uh, and, of course, Abbey and Costello was a great uh, comedy team, as you know. It's all about Abbey. Well, uh, yes, Dear Abbey, too. We used to have a syndicated advice columnist named Dear Abbey. So talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, um, obviously James Gunn has said on record that he learns everything from you. Um, he's even brought a book out talking about how all the influence you had on him. Yes, he still, he still, he still talks that way, too. He still says that he, uh, he channels uh, me when he's, uh, even though he's on a $200 million movie, he uh, he told uh, the cast and crew when he made a little speech that uh, he still channels me. Uh, uh, that must be quite a pat on the back. Uh, well, uh, I'd like a lot more to tell you the truth. Uh, in what way? In what way? Uh, get uh, get the uh, Essex space spin on uh, you know uh, British television. Yeah, you can do that. You can do it. You. Uh, your uh, skip to the end podcast. One word to you, and BBC will will play it. Right. <laughs> that's that's the hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for for being interested. And it's a wonderful film. Uh, and uh, these guys shot it on thirty five millimeter, and um, they are very uh, very serious uh, movie makers. With the Guardians of the Galaxy, do you believe that's the sort of film you would make if you had two hundred million? to spend on a film, a massive unlimited budget. Is that the sort of thing you envision, or are you completely different to James? That is a very good question. If, uh, I think if I had $200 million to make a movie, I would make uh, probably 200 movies, and I would make two of them for a million each, and then uh, 198 movies, uh, I would have people like you make them. Young, exciting new talent they want to make one-of-a-kind movies and if there was a young james gunn out there i would give him the million dollars i don't particularly care for uh, the concept of making a movie for 200 putting 200 million dollars of the earth's resources into one uh, luxury item while uh, uh, the new york times uh, and the london times have uh, giant front page photographs of uh, babies with their heads uh, chopped off in uh, in uh, up, up, Aleppo or or Bokum Harem, uh, the wonderful continent of Africa, where uh, women are uh, being carved up in their genitalia. While that goes on, I don't see uh, spending two hundred million dollars on anything other than 
health of the uh, poor people around the world. I don't, I don't see why movies have to cost so much. And I don't think anybody should be making $20 million on anything. The people shouldn't be making $20 million a year. They shouldn't be making 20 million pounds a year. Two million is enough. And the rest they should give back to, uh, to me. I mean, uh, no, to, <laughs> me, to the... They should to be able to earmark it uh, back corrupt uh, charity they want to give it to. I'm not cynical or bitter, am I? I was going to say, you don't sound bitter at all. <laughs> I um, led up to this interview this week, I I took some time out, I've got my Blu-rays, I've got the Toxic Avenger, I've got Poltergeist, I watched them again and I thought to myself, does this guy have a secret time machine that can predict the future? Because when I watched the Toxic Avenger, it literally said to me that there was an obsession with fitness, Um, Hunter S. Thompson called it the Body Nazis, Poltergeist is all about fast food and the media and the way it all goes about. You are so far ahead of your time when you brought these films out. It's actually quite scary. Well, again, thank you for recognizing that. If you might have noticed that uh, up until uh, for our first 40 years, our company uh, uh, mission statement, uh, movies of the future. And indeed, uh, the boys who made Deadpool, they're huge trauma fans. We made Toxic Avenger 30 years ago. Deadpool's got a, a disfigured guy, it's got a blind woman, it's got a good script. Uh, well, wait a minute, that's where they differ. Uh, but the point is, we have a huge imprint on the, uh, a giant footprint on the cultural countryside. Um, but, um, unfortunately, we're sucking hind tit because we're, uh, we are truly independent. But it's very satisfying to see uh, South Park, uh, which clearly is uh, trauma-fueled, uh, uh, and it's uh, very encouraging to see how much of our influence uh, has been um, integrated into the world of moving images. Uh, in fact, Donald Trump is a pretty good tra- trauma character. Uh, I think he based his whole uh, personality on uh, Mayor, Mayor Bell Goody in uh, Toxic Adventure. <laughs> By the way, do you ever read Mad Mag? Do you know Mad Magazine? I haven't read it myself, Mad no. Magazine? It's the uh, American Punch magazine, not nearly as funny as Punch, but it's pretty good. Uh, the latest issue had a full-page uh, poster of uh, Donald Trump as the uh, Toxic Avenger, but it was uh, very de- derogatory. But they used that iconic poster of Toxic Avenger with the mop and uh, uh, first superhero from the, you know, he was 90-pound weakling until he became, they used that iconic poster, but they put Trump in there instead and instead of holding a, a a mop, they had Trump holding uh, an eagle, um, kind of with it, uh, his fingers around the neck of the eagle, kind of strangling the American eagle, which was offensive both to Trump and to the Toxic Avenger. But what the hell, all publicity is useful, especially to uh, an old, uh, an old broken down, seventy-one-year-old filmmaker who's just waiting to die. That's uh, how do I follow up on that? Well, Essex Spacemen, back to Essex Spacemen, the greatest movie that's ever been written. David Hollingshead and Philip Thompson, amazing. It's an amazing movie. Have you had a chance to see it? I haven't, but I've just been sent the screener, so I've, uh, oh, I've, I'm going to get a chance to I see think, it this week. I, I think you'll like it. Um, they're big uh, trauma fans, but this is very different from trauma. I think this is closer to Surf Nazis Must Die. They, they The film revolves around a... Uh, uh, kind of a very unlikely uh, hero, and um, 
I think it's a very courageous uh, movie in that regard. Uh, you know, instead of putting in uh, Emma Stone or somebody like that, they put in a fat, uh, mentally ill, uh, toothless, middle-aged woman, uh, who's, uh, meant, uh, which is, uh, I think, very brave. How did this start, this Essex space bin? Well, I think you have to talk to them about it, because we had nothing to do with making the movie. Uh, but they were um, they are big trauma fans, and uh, lucky us, we got the distribution rights. It's a totally original, one-of-a-kind movie, and that's what uh, trauma is all about. We give uh, opportunities to new, brilliant, one-of-a-kind people who may be ahead of their time. Uh, and, um, you know, that's why we're still here after 43 years. Trauma's... Troma is the, um, the breeding ground for new, brave, original talent. So when do I get my check in the post? <laughs> uh, no problem. Since it's already there. You were just talking then about Donald Trump and the Toxic Avenger. I'm going to ask you a random question now, but it's been playing on my mind. The type of story telling you, say, of good versus evil, the larger-than-life characters... Even the name. Are you influenced by wrestling at all? Because the Toxic Avenger should be a WWE wrestler. Uh, I'm not influenced. No, I, I'm totally. Uh, uh, I know that our fans and the and the uh, the WWE or whatever it is, they uh, they intersect, and a lot of our fans are wrestlers and wrestling fans. Uh, and the Toxic Avenger has been. People have licensed the Toxic Avenger uh, to wrestle, and there have been. Uh, Toxie has wrestled. Uh, he did it in Florida. He did it. He's done it in a few places. Uh, you're right. It's a, the Toxic Avenger is a great, uh, a great uh, wrestling character. But uh, we haven't. Uh, we don't know anything about wrestling. But you said that there's actually all wrestlers that are in the WWE that are fans of your work. Oh yeah, uh, Dolph uh, Ziggler is a big fan. Wow, that's hell of a compliment. Do you know him? Oh, Dolph Ziggler's. Yeah, he yeah, did. he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he interviewed me at the Comic Con one year. He did some uh, on camera, you know, streaming stuff, and uh, interviewed me. And uh, suddenly, uh, you know, I, uh, I got a lot of Twitter followers as a result of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's very cool. If we were t to make uh, Toxic Avenger five, and we've written the script, but we uh, don't have enough money, uh, we would uh, we'd cast him, and he was very happy about that. He. Uh, so uh, at one point we thought we had the uh, we thought we had a Ukrainian uh, oligarch billionaire to help us out, but then he uh, when the Russians invaded he disappeared. So uh, but at that point uh, Ziegler was uh, going to be uh, in uh, in that movie. He was uh, very excited about it. But now now unfortunately we don't have enough money to make Toxic Avenger Part Five, which we were going to shoot in Chernobyl, partly in Chernobyl. And if there are any uh, Skip to the end, uh, rich people who want to lose some money. Uh, uh, we uh, are ready to produce Toxic Avenger Part 5. I'm really hoping there's a really wealthy listener now with billions and billions of pounds who's saying, I want to see Dolph Ziggler in that film. Here's a billion pounds. That would be great. So uh, meanwhile, we're going to do The Tempest next. Uh, it's 20 years since Tromeo and Juliet. So we're going back to The Bard and um, we will uh, deal with the... Tempest next. That's good. That's really cool. So that's the next big one for you. Well, it's uh, again none of our films is big, but uh, it's, it's the one we we are uh, going to turn our attention to next. I watched Return to Newcomb High last night, and I forgot completely that Lemmy from Motorhead's in there playing the president. He is, and he says 
fucking students. They don't write blogs anymore. They just like to fuck. Is that coming straight from your heart? Is that your thoughts? Is that you talking? Yes. They, uh, they don't know how to read or write. They uh, basically, uh, you know, they're, they're um, uh, um, social justice warriors. At least the ones at Yale and Princeton, and I don't know how it is at uh, Cambridge or Oxford. Although I gave a master class uh, at um, St. Hilda's at Oxford, a two-day master class, and uh, those people didn't seem like uh, snowflakes. Uh, but here, uh, you know, the students are so upset about uh, the Donald Trump, they had to cancel exams, and and we need safe spaces now. You know, we have things called trigger warning, war- warnings, so... Uh, Volume two uh, called Return to Return to Nukem High. The second half of that movie is finished. We just completed it, and uh, we're now looking for British distribution on that one. Warning: There probably people may need safe spaces. Uh, they see that movie. You seem to have quite a lot going on, and you just said you're in your seventies now. Is there ever a point where you just want to put your feet up and think, "I'm done"? There is a point where I'd like to stick to a nice warm barrel of a gun in my mouth and blow my fucking brains out if that's what you mean but i don't have the guts so i keep going i keep as biggie said uh, biggie small said uh, it's all a dream you know it's all bullshit so i may as well keep uh, doing this so what does make you happy right? what makes you happy because a few times on this interview you said you know you hate stuff and you want to blow your brains out what is the thing that makes you want to get up in the morning uh i would say that uh Movies is one thing, and uh, I suppose some form of sex would be another thing. And um, I guess sex and movies would be the two things that make sense to me. I put pizza every once in a while. Yeah. I like drugs. I like drugs and booze, but I, I'd be happy to look at movies and eat pizza and, have, and then have drugs and booze. That would be secondary, but I definitely enjoy all that together. Isn't that the rock and roll complete combo? Yeah, except I'm not uh, a rock rock and roll person. I'm a totally bourgeois. I have totally bad materialistic values and narcissistic tendencies. But I love Essex Space Bin. And, uh, I think it's a wonderful film and I hope that uh, some important uh, British uh, uh, critic, the guy for The Guardian, he was, uh, he was uh, the most mainstream critic, but he least understood uh, the trauma movies. He was very good. Derek Malcolm. Do you ever hear him? I've heard the name, yeah. He's probably dead, but... Uh, and certainly if there was a champion uh, who could take Essex Space Bin under his or her or its wing, uh, it would be a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing for humanity and uh, for the world of art. It's changed now. There's a lot of smaller companies and smaller movie sites, Den of Geek, people like that. That's what people respect, people have got time for. That's great. That's terrific. Yeah, that's very important. People don't give a shit now about the five-star rating on the side of a bus from heat magazine no one cares you know that oh that's good to know that's very good so tell me about the future then you've talked about your past you've talked about essex space bin what are you going to be doing for the next five years how do you see it panning out uh well i don't see anything panning out but um uh we're we're uh, we just finished volume two return to return to newcomb high which is the exciting conclusion to our event film uh Return to Newcomb High. You saw the first half, and uh, I'm sure you're anxious to see how it all ends up. And uh, Michael Hers himself has said this is that Return to Return to Newcomb High 
that this is the best film that we have ever made. Uh, well, that's uh, very meaningful because uh, he's a very low-key kind of person when it comes to to extolling uh, our own movies. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Um, one of the sidebars of the Cannes Film Festival seems to be interested in uh, in uh, selecting Return to Return to Newcom High, aka Volume Two. Um, you know, the first half was premiered at the Museum of Modern Art, uh, which is our equivalent of the Tate Modern. Volume two is, um, we have to distribute that and get it out into the uh, theaters, and hopefully uh, some theaters will be interested in Essex Space Pin, as well as Return to Return to Newcom High. And uh, then uh, the next film is The Tempest, very important. Um, by the way, to commemorate our 40th year, and to thank our fans, we have a channel on YouTube called Troma Movies. This is very important, Mark. Uh, Troma Movies is uh, a channel on YouTube that's all free. We have about 300 feature-length uh, Troma classics for no, that are free, and also many short films and uh, uh, my make-your-own-damn-movie lessons and interviews with Trey Parker and Matt Stone and James Gunn and Eli Roth and Samuel Jackson and all the greats. Uh, it's all free on Troma Movies on YouTube. And Essex Space Spin can be seen on our subscription service, which is called Troma Now. You can, uh, Troma Now, uh, you can go to watch.troma.com and you can see uh, every month world premiere movies uh, like um, The Thingy. A Diary of a Teenage Placenta, uh, or uh, Hunky Holocaust, or, or um, B.C. Butcher, a female cave woman movie. Uh, wonderful world premiere movies on Troma Now, and uh, plus, uh, every month, at least 10 uh, movies that uh, come from the Troma uh, collection uh, that uh, I personally curate, and uh, various other world premiere short pieces. Uh, short films that are world premiered on Troma Now, and it's very inexpensive, and uh, uh, first month is free, so if you go there, you can probably watch, you know, watch a lot during the first month and not have to pay for anything. Troma Now. So that's those cool, are, that's yeah, very of, cool. That's, that's the way that it's going, isn't it, really, now? It's all YouTube and streaming and Netflix and Amazon Prime, so that's great for fans to be able to go on there and get a whole back catalogue of titles. Well, Troma movies, they can get it for free on Troma movies. They can have hours and hours and hours of the wonderful entertainment on Troma, Troma movies. And then uh, if they want to support new independent movies as well as Troma uh, for about uh, three pounds uh, a month, uh, they can join uh, Troma now. And it's a wonderful community and people have met on it. People have gotten, uh, lay people have managed to... Uh, <laughs> get uh, fucked on uh, thanks to Troma Now it's, and uh, I've also met a very interesting film community so, so we're going to see Troma some uh, for £3 you might end up with a Troma Baby yeah exactly uh, so it's uh, the first month is free so um, you'll see some great movies terrific well good luck thank take you care so thank you for everything see you soon bye Mark take care bye thank you so there it is the interview with the man behind Troma Films Lloyd Kaufman the president himself so thank you very much to Lloyd for taking the time to talk to me. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. I really hope you guys at home have enjoyed this interview. It's a very random one and some of the most craziest answers I've got. But this is why I love doing Mark and me and getting to speak to all these different people. Who would have thought that I went from 
Kevin Smith to Corey Feldman to Big Bird to Lloyd Kaufman. It really is a big variety and that's what I want to do with Mark and Me. Get as many people spoken to and as much content as I can for you guys out there. Now on the next episode I've got the man himself, Anthony Hopkins. That episode's going to be online in the next few days and I really hope you enjoy it because it was an absolute pleasure to speak with him. Also, I keep seeing a lot of tweets and Facebook comments. Please keep them coming. It lets me know that you enjoy the content. It makes me realise that you enjoy the stuff I do. So it's really important. So go on markandme.com, see the links there for Twitter and for Facebook, and let me know you're enjoying this show. I've got some fantastic guests coming up on the next few episodes of Mark and Me, and I really do plan to get as much content out there for you as possible. So please stay tuned. The best way to reach me is on markandme.com, and I really look forward to speaking with you all again in the next few weeks. Take care, and I'll speak to you then. Let's have a